up to the new John Simmons Show. After years of battling a gambling addiction, John found a hope and a future for his life through Christ. He has spent the last several years encouraging others to find joy, peace, and hope in their lives by walking out God's plan for their lives. Now, John wants to help you find the passion, vision, and faith you need to start writing out God's sentence for your life and help you add to it every day. Phone lines are now open. Call or text 314-880-0808. Now, here is your host, the new John Simmons. Hey everyone, welcome. It's the new John Simmons Show, where you can find God's sentence for your life and become the new you, where we talk about finding passion, vision, and faith in your walk with Christ so that your life can overflow with joy, peace, and hope today. Welcome to the program, everybody. We're going to be talking about just one of those things today, hope. We want you to find hope in your new life, your new year, 2018. What a great time for people to start thinking about the future of their life and thinking about what are you going to get accomplished here in 2018. Do you have a plan from God? Are you trying to seek it out in your life? It's going to be the conversation on today's show and how we can find hope for our future just by discussing things a little bit differently than normal. Most people don't talk about their future. Most people don't talk about the things going on in their lives. And one of the things that goes on in our lives is either we're hopeful for tomorrow or we're sort of depressed about it. So I wanted to start off today's show Talking about depression and then also getting into the good news of depression is that hope is the opposite of it, and we can find hope through Christ. We're going to talk to you about how you can find more hope in your life, how you can move away from depression if it's in your life, or just move towards the plan that God has for you with great excitement that it's actually going to take place, and it's not just a pie-in-the-sky mentality. So, depression. What is depression? Well, according to the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, depression is a serious medical illness, and of course it's an important public health issue. One in 20 Americans has been either diagnosed or uh, suffers from depression, according to the Centers for Disease Control. Depression is characterized, listen to this, by persistent sadness and sometimes irritability, particularly in children, and is one of the leading causes of disease or injury worldwide for both men and women. I'm, I understand depression, mainly because I experienced it for a long time. Again, my testimony is that I've started playing cards online when I was about 18 years old. And I had been working for a long time, got a worker's permit at 14, I had this money in the bank, and it didn't take me long to go through all of that money I had in savings. Because I didn't know what I was doing with my life. I didn't know why I was here on this earth. And so I had idle money. I had idle hands. And it's the devil's workshop. And so the devil came into my life through sin. And uh, he had this really pretty picture of a, a life playing poker and a life, you know, gambling. And that was the center of my heart for a long time. And so I, I spent 10 years chasing after this gambling addiction trying to get the big win that I saw people get on the TV when I watched ESPN and the World Series of Poker and I saw people win millions of dollars and I was like, I want to do that. I, I want that. I want that for my life. But 
God wasn't in my life. I had no desire to seek out God's plan or sentence for my life. I was simply doing the things I thought made me happy. And so many of us can relate to that. The world, even though we're a Christian nation by name, many of us aren't walking out God's plan for our lives. We see this through evidence of people that we've met who we say, what is you doing for God? And most people don't know. And most people don't even uh, pretend to know because God's plan for our life is very specific to us. And it takes a real closeness with Christ to be able to find it. And so those who aren't seeking out a passionate life in Christ usually aren't walking out God's perfect plan that they've been designed and created to walk out. And that's why a show like this exists, because we want to encourage you to find that. We don't want you to be the, the large majority who's not walking it out. We want you to be the small majority and hopefully grow that number into lots and lots of people who are walking out God's plan for their life. Well, when I was gambling, I was doing all these things I thought made me happy, but it wasn't until I found God's plan for my life that I realized the importance and the hope that comes from that walk. Instead of doing things I thought made me happy that I was picking, like playing cards, and I realized all the things that happened based on that desire to play cards were, were heartaches and, and, and you know sadness, and there was all sorts of depression in my life. And so when we talk about depression here on the show tonight, I, I want you to know that I was easily, <laughs> I, was, I was in the midst of it for years. Because every opportunity I made since I was 18 either led me to lose money, lose friends, lose sleep, you know. I was constantly worried about the people I owed money to. I was constantly worried about my life not turning out, you know, well. By the time I was almost 30 years old, I was just like, I knew there was more to life than what I was living. And I just thought that I'd just messed the whole thing up. I went to sleep many, many nights and just didn't want to even wake up. And I wouldn't really pray, but I would just think out loud and just be like, you know what? I wish I don't wake up tomorrow. I wish I wouldn't wake up tomorrow. I can't count how many nights I went to sleep saying something like that in my head or out loud. I was just really bad off, and it was because of the decisions I made to gamble and to chase that dream in my life. And so it wasn't a great path for me to walk down. It wasn't a great dream for me to follow. It didn't produce much hope in my heart. I would have hope on my way to the casino with $100 in my pocket, but it, when I left without it, it was not hope that I was experiencing. It was uh, depression and sadness, and I would yell at my windshield and you may not deal with depression because of a gambling addiction, but we all face depression from time to time in our lives. Uh, depression is characterized by the Centers for Disease Control as something that you experience for uh, a period of two weeks or longer. So every once in a while, we're all going to get sad. Uh, sadness is a characteristic of depression, but being sad is not being depressed. Uh, depression is a continual state of sadness or ineffectiveness in your life. Let's talk about some of the criteria to sort of recognize whether maybe we've been walking in depression and don't know it. Maybe you are walking in depression and you can say these things for yourself or maybe a child of yours or a friend or someone you might know might be, you know, projecting some of these criteria and so that we can now know and sort of see with our own physical eyes some people who might be facing this and then we can talk about what to do with that information. So according to the Disease Control Center, Symptoms of depression include feelings of sadness, hopelessness, I like this word, hopelessness, depressed mood. So people who are, for a long period of time, they're not able to uh, be happy, they're not able to express joy in any way, they have constant feelings of sadness, whether or not you believe that that sadness is warranted or not, it's a whole other discussion, but they're sort of just, they, 
when I, when I, let me show you what this looked like in my life. So, uh, when I was at working at the casino, I was dealing cards and playing cards. So I wanted to be around my, my sin. And so I was playing cards and then I went to work at the area casinos. And when I was there, they had this, uh, new mantra they pulled out at some point to like a, a marketing tool that we were on stage when we were outside there. I guess I stole it from Disney. Disney does the same thing that you're, you're, you're part of the cast and, when you're working there and when you're on the floor where the guests can see you, you're supposed to smile and enjoy your life and you're supposed to talk to them about their day and they're supposed to, you know, experience you as a friendly person and all this stuff. And I dealt poker and poker players generally weren't uh, the most talkative bunch and many of the high stakes poker players, they would rather you just sort of sit there and be a non-issue to them. You know, you're not there to entertain them. They're there to win money and play against the people at the table. And so it was sort of a different atmosphere as where if you're a blackjack dealer, you celebrate in the wins with the players. And, you know, if you're paying out slot jackpots, you're celebrating in the wins with the person who won, you know, pulled the handle correctly that, that time, right? So poker I always felt was a little different. I sort of didn't think that there was a place for all of these theatrics, even though many of the other dealers started to just start asking players you know, how was their weekend and try and learn their, their wives' names and things like this. I sort of went against the grain. And so, uh, I didn't think it was a big deal that I wasn't smiling and that I wasn't talking to the guests and things like this because one, I didn't want to. And two, I wasn't really able to, I was just sort of sad in my own heart. I didn't like talking to people when I was, you know, just the night before I'd lost a couple hundred dollars at the boat or on a football game or whatever it was. And at some point, I got pulled into the office at at work. So I got called in by my bosses, and they basically told me that I had been doing a terrible job at uh, being on the floor and being a productive person on stage, and they wanted me to smile more. They said, John, you got to start smiling more, and you've got to start learning people's names. And I said, well, I know pe- the players' names. I just don't know their wife and their kids' names. And they're like, well, you've got to learn this, and you've got to learn it. And so... Uh, they said, if you don't, you're not going to have a, a job here anymore. In fact, they said, we're not, we're not threatening you. They said, they said, but there used to be a guy who works here and he didn't smile and he doesn't work here anymore. Is what they told me a uh, very passive aggressive way of saying that, uh, we'll fire you if you don't start smiling. And so I decided to start smiling, except I knew that I was going to do it in a very ironic and frustrating way to them anyway. And so I put this very fake smile on my face, you know, like you just put that little up. I'm smiling, but I don't mean it. I put this smile on my face anytime I was dealing. And, and at some point, I was starting to get called Smiling John because uh, they knew that I wasn't doing it on purpose and they knew that I wasn't really smiling and being happy. Now, I, now I'm not saying this was the right thing to do. I was not in Christ and I was not trying to do uh, things the way Bible would tell me to do things. I was trying to do things the way John wanted to do things. So I was making my choices and my choice at this point was to fake it till you make it, I guess. And so... I had this fake smile. They started calling me Smiling John, but in my real life, I wasn't Smiling John. I was depressed John. I had lost lots of money. I lost lots of friends, people who were really close to me. I mean, serious friendships, people that I was hanging around with for 5, 10, 15 years. Uh, For various reasons, those relationships started to decline because of my attitude, my sin nature, which was so selfish and that I would steal rent money. My friends rent money to go play cards. I would yell at them for drinking because I was depressed and uh, I didn't like that sin. There's all sorts of things that happened that led me away from friendships, but the things in my life that I wanted to make me happy, like gambling and playing cards, 
they ended up making me so unhappy and I really wanted to find a path out of there. And that's why I ended up in rehab at 29 and that, that discussion and rehab ended up leading me to find Jesus because I found that rehab didn't work for me. So the point of this is, is, is that some of the symptoms for feeling depressed or feelings of sadness, hopelessness in a depressed mood. And I definitely was this, even though they called me smiling John at work, it wasn't because I was really smiling. It's because I was really unhappy in life. I didn't wake up with hope for tomorrow. I, I didn't see a future, you know, in my fifties where I was, had everything figured out. I was constantly sad and I had this depressed mood, this demeanor that I didn't want to go spend time with friends outside of work. Even if I was invited, I didn't want to be seen by the public. In fact, uh, most of my twenties, you won't find a picture of me hardly anywhere. There's maybe a handful of pictures of me for 10 years of my life because I wouldn't go places where pictures were being taken. And I didn't have family in town to get the, the Christmas photo every year. or I would skip out on Christmas. You know, there were so many things I was doing wrong. So if that's somewhere like where you are today, or maybe someone, you know, or maybe your child is exhibiting symptoms like this, maybe you should see it as a sign of depression. And there's ways we can handle this. Now, from our perspective, Hope is the the way to cure depression. And it's the first criteria is a symptom of depression is a feeling of hopelessness. What is hope? What is, what are we trying to accomplish here? What are we trying to see in people's lives? Well, Miriam Webster dictionary defines hope as to cherish a desire with anticipation to want something to happen or to be true. To cherish a desire with anticipation. In other words, to want something to happen in the future, to want something to happen, or to want something to come true, to want you want something in your life to take place. And if we don't have this in our lives, if we lack this hope, is when we start walking in depression. So if you want to get out of depression, whether it's for yourself or someone around you, we have to sort of encourage ourselves or the person around us to understand that we need to be looking forward to something in the future and putting our expectations that those things will come and take place. So whether it is, okay, when I was gambling, I'll just use me as the example, I wanted to stop doing that and started doing something more productive in my life. I wanted to stop losing the relationships in my life and start building new ones. I wanted to see my life be as useful as I thought it would be when I was a little kid and I thought... I had all these dreams, you know, we dream about doing different things in life for me. It was wanting to be a rock star. And I just knew that this was going to be something that I would do in my life. And I was playing cards or not in cards and they stopped me from playing guitar. And I ended up having to sell my guitars that I owned to feed and fuel my gambling addiction at some point. So I lost all the dreams of my heart initially that I had as a child and as a young adult because I was chasing after the sin in my life. And we all have sin in our life. It may not be an addiction, but there are all things that take our eyes off of tomorrow. Whether it's a stack of bills on the counter, whether it's a, a bad relationship breakup, whether it's you know feeling like you're too old to accomplish certain things. Maybe you get a bad grade in school. Maybe you got a job and it wasn't what you thought it would be. Or maybe there's all sorts of issues going on. For each of us, it's different. But we have to figure out ways to put hope into our lives. So the Bible says about hope many things. But it says this about hope deferred, or in other words, hope that's put off. It's hopelessness. Proverbs thirteen twelve says that hopelessness makes the heart sick, 
but a desire fulfilled is a tree of life. Hope deferred makes the heart sick. Meaning if you don't have heart, hope in your life, your heart's going to get sick. That's what depression looks like. The Bible talks about depression without using the word. God knew from the history of time that if we don't have something to look forward to, we're going to find hopelessness in our heart. It will cause depression. But if we find hope for tomorrow, and we see things happen in our lives that we expect today and don't get till tomorrow, the Bible calls that the tree of life. So if you want to find life in your life, if you want to have a reason to wake up in the morning, if you want to desire to see things take place in your future, that's where you're going to find it. What can you believe for today that hasn't going to that isn't going to show up maybe in the next 5 minutes? Maybe there's a new car that you need. Maybe there's a, a school program you're trying to get into. Maybe there's that person at work you're wanting to, you know, hope they go on that date with you. Maybe there's that thing in your future. Maybe you're trying to become a leader in church. Maybe you're trying to find a new church. There are many things we can look forward to and say God, this hasn't shown up today, but I'm going to have hope, and I'm going to have expectation. The Bible calls it faith. It also produces hope in our hearts, and it will lead us away from depression. So regardless of whether or not you're a believer, if you have depression in your life, it's cured by believing that something that hasn't happened yet in your future that you want to happen. So this is from your heart. What do you want? I may not want the same things that you want. You might want a different car, a different opportunity, a different type of person to marry. You want them, though. So you have to figure out, what do you want? What are the things that you want? Maybe get out a sheet of paper right now and say, these are some things I want in my life. I would like to be married by this age. I would like to start this kind of business or work in this kind of business. I would like to volunteer with this kind of cause. What thing you know really strikes your heart that you would help with if you had the time to? I want to live in this sort of house. I want to live in this area. I want to... Think about these things. I want to read these books. I want to, you know, what are the things you want to accomplish in life? When you start thinking positively tight towards your future, it's going to start to leaving that depression behind. When I got free from depression, it was because God delivered me from my addiction, but it was, it started with me going into rehab saying tomorrow's going to be better. Tomorrow's going to be better than yesterday. And I can't wait to get rid of this addiction. Now rehab in and of itself didn't save me. It was Christ who saved me. For my addiction. So ultimately, hope comes from the power of the Holy Spirit, which Romans 15, 13 says comes into our lives when we put our trust and our faith into Jesus. That your life will overflow with hope. I want you to have that hope in 2018. If you're walking around depressed today, or you know your child is, or you know your friend is, or you know your sister is, depression is real and it can wreak havoc in our lives. Let's figure out a way to move someone out of the depressed state and into a excited field of hope and it begins with writing down what do we want to see take place in our lives then we can start having the discussion how do we get there and that'll give you a reason to wake up in the morning so many things to talk about on the subject of hope when we come back we'll continue going down some of the symptoms of depression how we can fight against it using god's word and also how we can promote the future of our lives to change here in 2018 it's the new year new you don't go away you're listening to the new john simmons show part of the testimony house network
Want to start writing or add to God's sentence for your life? Wants to learn what that means? Visit newjohnsimmons.com for articles and videos that can help you find a future and a hope for your life today. Now, back to the New John Simmons Show. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the new John Simmons Show. If you want to stay connected with us on social media, simply search for at new John Simmons on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. I will post behind-the-scenes photos of my life, which includes a photograph I took of my son this afternoon. We were spending the day by ourselves because Maya got to go to school, and James, for the very first time in his life, got to spend a day at home without his sibling running over him. <laughs> so... I've never seen anyone be as enjoyable about all the little things he got to do today, from just watching TV by himself, to eating snacks by himself, to playing with toys by himself. He was having a moment today, and he didn't really know what was going on, but you could tell he was enjoying uh, some quality time with me. So I got pictures of that over on Instagram. In addition, we interact on our live stream and do other things, so don't delay. Get connected with the show. Stay updated with what we're trying to accomplish in helping people find God's sentence for their lives and help us promote this show via social media. Search for at new John Simmons on your favorite social media app right now. Talking about hope today on the show, what is it about hope that keeps us from depression? Because one out of 20 Americans, according to the Center for Disease Control, say that one out of 20 Americans, 12 or older, currently depressed in America. And apparently even greater than that is the number of females as opposed to men. So female female depression is more common, and we're talking about what we can do to combat it. We're talking about what it is, and we're talking about how we can fight against it and what we can look forward to in our lives to find the opposite of depression, which is hope. We want to have hope in our lives, and we can find that through Christ. But coming from just the depression, the medical side of it, what is depression? It's a serious medical illness, an important public health issue characterized by persistent sadness, and sometimes irritability, particularly in children. So many diagnostic criteria is listed on the Centers for Disease Control website talking about how you can sort of figure out if you're depressed or if your neighbor's depressed, your children's depressed. Maybe you're a teacher and you see one of the kids in class depressed. Maybe you got a coworker who's exhibiting some of these things. So in order for a person to be diagnosed as depressed, uh, the Centers for Disease Control says that a person must experience five or more of the symptoms we're going over for a continuous period of at least two weeks. And so if you, you do one of these things every once in a while, you do two or three of them, but it doesn't last for more than 24 hours. Those are not signs of depression. Those are just signs of frustration or anger or who knows what else, some sort of emotion. Uh, depression is a clinical study. If you have five or more of these symptoms that we're talking about. So the first symptom was feelings of sadness, hopelessness, or depressed mood. I talked about how I was hopeless in my addiction because I didn't know what to do tomorrow. I, I thought I wanted to be a, uh, you know, a poker player in life, but it didn't seem to be working out, and especially not how I wanted it to. So I wanted to stop seeing the results of my addiction show up in my life. I didn't want to keep losing friends and girlfriends and having family members hate me. That wasn't a big, that wasn't exciting for me. I didn't want to go to sleep 
and not wake up. Even though I would ask for that, I wanted to wake up and do something with my life. So I finally cried out to God and said, God, if you're real, show me a future and a hope for my life today. Even though I didn't know that his word says those same things, I didn't even realize the, you know, the depression that I was in and that I needed hope so much in my life that it was the thing that I was praying for. Again, we talked about how it says, the Bible says that hope deferred makes the heart sick, but a desire fulfilled is the tree of life. And so I didn't have hope in my life. It was deferred. It was put off. But when I found the desire in my heart, which was a future for my life, it's given me so much hope because I found hope in knowing that God has made me and created me to share the gospel. I found hope in knowing and that God created a wife for me to find and <coughs> having found her, it's been an incredible experience to share my life with her and start a family and be able to share the gospel in all the areas of our lives and be beneficial to other people and helping them discover God's plan for their life as well. It's such an exciting and, and relevant future for me. One that I wouldn't have picked out, by the way. If I knew the day that I got born again that God was going to make me a minister of the gospel and that was the future that I wanted for my life, I would have probably turned it down. <laughs> I might have kept trying to be a poker player because the sentence that God has for our life is what we want, but on paper it may not look like that. I don't know if Noah wanted to build a boat. I don't know if Abraham wanted to move away from the land that God would show him and into a land God would show him. I didn't know if all the apostles were really excited to you know, go and, and follow Jesus. I don't know if Paul you know, was excited to get knocked off the horse. I don't know about these things or if they would have picked it for themselves, I should say. But we find through the, through the scriptures that people who have found God's plan for their life find great joy and they're able to persevere through various heartaches and troubles and persecutions. Paul was shipwrecked and beaten and flogged and, and put in prison you know, so he was able to put up with a lot of things happening in his life. Snake bit. He was even bitten by snakes. And because he knew Christ and because he knew Christ's plan for his life. And so that's where his hope came from, even in the darkest days. And so even when we have dark days today, we tend to dwell on them. And that's where depression comes from. Dwelling on our bad days, dwelling on our bad moments, dwelling on the bad things that are happening to us. We want to be able to stand through those storms with hope in our hearts. That even though it's bad today, we're going to believe that tomorrow can be better and that we can have peace even in the worst situations. And that peace that you know surpasses all understanding, guess what that comes from? It's the Bible says it comes from knowing God, and we pray for that kind of peace. So if we're really looking for peace and hope in our lives, prayer is the first way to start here, guys. You know, We start asking God, show us what our future, show us what your future is for us, God, so that we can begin to have hope in tomorrow. Help us get away from these criteria of depression here's some more of those a loss of interest or pleasure in activities that used to be enjoyable from my own perspective i already shared i was i wanted to play guitar in a rock band growing up i got a guitar for christmas when i was 12 years old it was the favorite gift i've ever received i must have played that thing 10 or 12 hours a day if i wasn't at school i was on my guitar i would listen to songs on tape or on cd and i would just rewind it and i would try and figure out on my guitar without a teacher how to how to play the sounds that were coming out of the speakers. And I just loved it. I loved playing guitar. And when my sin came into my life and I really started following down that path, I, I began to lose interest in playing guitar. I began to lose interest in hanging out with friends. I began to lose interest in things that used to be enjoyable to me. And I used to love, you know, parties and 
going places with friends and going experiencing new things and going to new restaurants. If something wasn't centered around gambling, I generally didn't want to do it. If we went to a baseball game, we had to bet on the game. If we went to play pool, we had to, you know, bet on the game. If we played Monopoly one night, and it's a true story, we had like Monopoly tournaments where you'd pay money to get in. And, you know, we were playing Monopoly for money, like real money, gambling. I lost interest in all the things that were, you know, productive in life. And maybe that's you too. Maybe you're unable to wake up or maybe you see someone in your life who's lost interest in things they used to love doing. Or maybe they've had a change in weight or appetite, which is another of the criteria of depression. So either an increase or de- decrease. They don't, I put on 100 pounds in the 10 years that I was gambling, maybe even more so, uh, because my depression would cause me to overeat. You know, if I had the money, because there were some times that I didn't have money because I'd spent it all on gambling and I'd have to go two or three days or more without food because I couldn't afford it and my I, my refrigerator was empty. So I had definite change in weight and appetite. Change in activity is also on the list of diagnostic criteria by the Centers of Disease Control for Depression. People who either become more active than usual or become less active than usual. Do you know someone who used to go out and run or go out and play and now they just sit on the couch all day and they just want to watch TV or maybe somebody who, you know, like you you ever see somebody grieve and they want to like help out with anything, everything. They're like, no, I I just want to help because I don't want to think about it. I want to wash the dishes because I don't want to have to think about it. That's a sign of depression, you know, a sign long term at least, because again, none of these things by themselves mean you're depressed. But a group of them, of five or more of these things that we're talking about right now, over a two-week period can be a sign of depression. So we want to sort of diagnose. Obviously, you should try and see a a real physician, a real doctor to be diagnosed as as depressed. But what we're trying to do is sort of identify some of the moods, some of the triggers, some of the opportunities. And so that way we can say, hey, is this me? And if it is, I'm going to show you how you can find hope today, how you can turn your life around, how you can... Spin it from being a depressed state of mind where you're worried about, you know, not eating food today or you're sad that the things you used to do you don't want to do anymore. I know what that's like. I, I spent a lot of my life not knowing what I was going to do tomorrow, losing interest in the things that interest me, losing and gaining weight off and on. So many things were going wrong in my right in my life because I had no hope. I was depressed. I was suicidal. There were many times that I didn't want to wake up when I would go to sleep insomnia or sleeping too much is on the list of diagnostic criteria this for me was easily at the top of my get out of depression (laughs) uh, list of things I would do sleeping too much you know when you worry and you just can't turn that off in your mind and that you just always worry you're worried about the bills or you're worried about the person you ever gone through a bad breakup and you can't stop thinking about what happened and the circumstances and you can't stop thinking about the person and it's like you can't shut off that part of your brain and it affects your work it affects your conversations everything in life becomes wrapped around that that moment in time whether it's a breakup or maybe you lost your job and you can't figure out why you lost your job or What did you do wrong to get the F in the class and now you're out of school? You lost your scholarship. What is it in our lives that keep us from moving past that? Well, it's worry, you know, it's fear, it's depression. And so I found 
because I went through that a lot, you know, believing that, you know, I owed the bookie money. I didn't know how to pay him off. And I owed, I had stolen my friend's rent money and I didn't know how to pay him back or tell him about it. I found that the easiest way for me to combat that worry in my mind that was always there. I mean, always, I mean, it was like a back and a back and forth battle of like, how I'm going to get out of this. What lie am I going to tell here? How am I going to tell this person this? And hopefully they won't talk to this other person and find out the truth. I had compartmentalized all of my life. My, my friends didn't know certain friends. My gambling friends didn't know my old friends that I knew before I was gambling. Uh, I compartmentalized anything. Coworkers didn't meet friends, everything. Family didn't meet certain friends. Everything was compartmentalized. And I did that to keep things separated so that all the lies I was telling wouldn't come out in, in the truth. But what I found was is that the easiest way for me to combat all that worry and all that stress that I was carrying around from doing all these awful things was that I needed to sleep. It was the only time. Sleep was the only peace that I had experienced in my depression. It was the only time that I felt, ah, and I wasn't even feeling it. I was just (laughs) zoning out. I was just forgetting about the pain for a second because when I woke up, it only took a second or two before all those thoughts just flooded back in, flooded back into my mind. It was like, I would thought I was ignoring them. I thought that I were I could solve them by sleeping them away. But you would wake up and they'd still be there. You'd still have to deal with them. And the worry that was in my mind was so difficult to battle that I didn't know how most of the day. So I would sleep so much. I would sleep as much as I could unless I was gambling. And that's not a life to live. I mean, that wasn't a life that I wanted. Again, I thought I was doing things that made me happy. Are you doing things today that make you happy? But maybe it's causing strife in your relationships or your life or with your children or with the people around you. Let me tell you, Romans 12, 12 says, Rejoice in hope. Be patient in tribulation. Be constant in prayer. Rejoice in hope, guys. There is hope for your life, regardless of what difficulties you're facing today. Regardless of what situations your friend is going through today, or the difficulties your children might be having with friends or school, you have hope in tomorrow. You have hope in your future. You have hope eternally and through Christ. The Bible tells us, Romans 12, be patient in tribulation, which just means, look, hard times are going to come. They're going to come to us all. How are you going to handle the hard times when they come? Or are you going to try and sleep so much like I did and try to avoid everything? Or are you going to face them and be patient as you wade through them? Because it will take time to get through hard circumstances. When I finally got born again and I was finally looking for answers to the problems in my life, instead of trying to sleep them away, I was trying to figure out how do I solve the issues of owing this person money? And how do I solve the issue of I work at the casino, I shouldn't work there anymore? How do I solve the issues of broken and fractured relationships in my life? So I had to go through the go through the motions. I had to, you know, get away from the casino. I had to call people that I had hurt and ask for forgiveness. I had to figure out a way through rehab and through scripture to figure out how to approach each day and get rid of this this addiction ultimately god just delivered me from that addiction haven't made a bet in almost five years now or something like that it's been a long time i don't have the date offhand because it 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 doesn't matter to me what day i stopped because it stopped and every day that i 
am away from it. It's just another day that I can prove that God's been in my life. And because I tried to stop gambling a bunch of times without Christ, none of them worked. And all the hope that I wanted came from my relationship with Christ. And so today, I would encourage you, if you do not know Christ, if you don't have hope for your tomorrow, that could be why. Jeremiah 29.11 says, God knows the plans he has for you. Plans for welfare and not for evil, but to give you, to give you a future and a hope. God has a gift in your life. He wants to give you a future and a hope. Something to look forward to in life. Something to ask for and believe for that can take place. Whatever that is. Whether it's the calling on your life and figuring out why are you here on this earth. Maybe it's the solution to the problem that you deal with every single day. Whether it's a lack of finances or a lack of opportunity. Or the people in your life hate you and you want to see those relationships mended. Maybe your family doesn't talk to you, but this is the opportunity for God to step in and say, I'm going to let your family talk to you again. We're going to break down these these doors you thought were closed forever, and God's going to reopen them. You plan in God's life for you to give you a future and a hope to get you off the streets or to get you out of the sin that you're walking in all the time, to remove it from your life. But it takes a faith in Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, because without Christ, he died for the punishment of our sins, and so we'll continue to walk out the punishment of our sin. The Bible says the punishment of sin is death. But I always say that the death doesn't have to just be natural death. It doesn't have to be eternity in hell. It can be the death of your relationships, the death of your career, the death of your conversation, you know, going the right way. It could be a lot of things. It could be, you know, people find out who you are and the things you do that you don't want them to know about. Sin in our lives causes death in certain areas, but it doesn't have to be just natural death. But the hope that comes from knowing Christ can bring us a future that we've never could have even dreamt up in our wildest, you know, craziest dreams. And it's going to be so good, it's going to bring satisfaction and joy. So Romans 12, 12, we'll repeat it again. Rejoice in that hope. Be patient in tribulation. Be constant in prayer. So we started off this segment telling you that if you want to find your way or you want to encourage someone how they can find their way out of depression, begin to pray. Maybe you can hold the hand of that person and say, let us pray. Can I pray with you? Can I pray for you? Step out this one time. I know it's difficult sometimes to pray for other people, and I know especially if you're not a believer, to have someone pray for you. I remember one time I'd had a stroke, I wasn't born again, and I went to uh, hang out with some friends at a trivia night, and a a born-again believer asked if they could pray with me over my surgery, and I told them no, because I thought that was weird and icky and sort of silly. True story. And I laughed, and we made fun of that guy for even asking I wish now I could take that back. I'm thankful now that man stepped up and and asked what must have been even a difficult situation to say, I'll pray for you. Because I want to pray for people today. And I know what it's like to, to to be rejected because I was also the rejecter. Let's not reject Christ. Let's not reject the future and a hope that he wants to give you. If I had a gift for you today and I called you up out of the blue and I said, hey, I have something to give you. Do you mind if I stop by and give it to you? And I was really excited and... You know, you expected that it was going to be a good gift. You'd be like, yeah, yeah, come on over. Well, God is doing that. And he sent his son to do it. And if you're continuing to say, I don't want that gift. If he calls you up and says, I I got this awesome gift, a future and a hope for your life. And you continue to say, I don't want it. I don't think, I don't think it's really what I want. I've got all these reasons why I don't believe it. Well, you might continue to walk in this depression. You might continually feel sad. And depressed, you might 
yo-yo your weight. You might sleep through all the worry. You might just be constantly in worry and fear, and that's not a way to live, guys. Don't you want something more in your life? Don't you want the future and a hope for your life? Whether you believe it comes from Christ or not, it does. But don't you just want a future and a hope for your life that's better than today? I did. I know what it's like to want hope. And so the hope, the God of hope, fills you with all joy and peace, all joy and peace by the power of the Holy Spirit so that you can abound in hope. That's what Romans 15, 13 says. So we're going to believe here today that God has a plan for your life and there's so much more he has for you. When we come back on today's show, we'll wrap up this conversation about depression, give you another example of how you can fight it, how you can encourage someone else in your life to beat it, and how you can move on to God's sentence for your life and abound in hope, as the Bible says it can be done through the power of the Holy Spirit. Don't go away. You're listening to the new John Simmons Show, part of the Testimony House Network. God, I'm broken in this mess I made. I needed to yeah. restore me. Look, from heaven we all small. Ain't nobody buy a ticket. You better have will called. Every but he will call. They hurt just like me. Work just like me. Lust of the flesh, the pride of life, they flirt with like me. Regardless of our money, we all broke together. And if we don't swallow our pride, we gon' choke together. Trying to hold on to our lives with these clumsy hands. Fell off the wall of purity doing that humpy dance. Find passion. Find vision. Find faith. You're listening to the new John Simmons Show. Part of the Testimony House Network. Back here on the show, it's the new John Simmons Show, part of the Testimony House Network. If you are interested in sharing Christ through various media platforms, we could use your help on our team. If you have a passion for sharing Christ or radio or video production, we could really use some help. Whether you have experience in that area or not is irrelevant because we want to help find a place for you on our team. If you're trying to grow and expand to have a gospel sharing impact nationwide, you can help us get there. Positions are now posted over at newjohnsimmons.com under the Be Part of the Network tab. That'll give you some basic information, but just send us your contact information. and A member of our team will reach out to you and let you know how you might be helpful to us and how you might be helpful to use your gifts and talents to help others find Christ and find God's sentence for their lives today. Wrapping up our conversation about hope and depression, the Centers of Disease Control say that if you exhibit five or more of the symptoms that we've discussed so far in the show, which include feelings of sadness, hopelessness, a loss of interest or pleasure in activities that used to be enjoyable, changes in weight, either an increase or decrease, changes in activity, insomnia or sleeping too much, feeling tired or not having any energy, feelings of guilt or worthlessness. This is a huge one. Feelings of guilt. We'll get back to that in a second. Difficulties concentrating and paying attention, thoughts of death or suicide. If you experience five or more of these symptoms for a continuous period of two weeks, uh, it's possible you could be dealing with depression. I would see a, a, a physician or a psychiatrist. I don't know who you've got to see exactly to do this. I'm not a doctor. I'm not, I'm not trying to diagnose you here over the air. I'm trying to let us recognize as believers and as people who deal with non-believers how we might be able to serve them in some capacity. And a lot of people are dealing with depression. One in 20 Americans, according to the CDC, are facing depression currently in America. And so... There's a lot of people out there who don't have hope for their tomorrow, don't have excitement for what they're doing in their lives, don't you know, want to wake up when they go to sleep. 
And I know what that's like. Thoughts of death or suicide were common in my life when I was gambling. In fact, the night that I found Christ was a very suicidal night in my thought. I really thought maybe I'd run my car into a wall or take a handful of every pill that I had in the house. I really, I mean, these thoughts were really stemming through my head. I had no value in my own mind of my life. Everyone had told me that I was a loser outside of a couple examples that didn't, you know, people would assume that I was just not going to make it, you know, that I wasn't doing exactly what I was in life, that I was just, I was a loser and I had no value in my life. However, I was valuable to Christ. He came and died for me on the cross. He came in that dark casino and pulled me out. I was valuable to him. He created me. And when I found out that he had gifted me with talents and a plan for my life before I was even born, I was excited to find out what that was. I was excited to figure out what I was going to do for God because he sent his son for me. What can I do for him? Show me the way. Let me help. I, I like... Not that I need to do it to repay him because he did it for free. But I want to repay him. I want to repay God with my life. What can I do for you, God? I know it's not an answer to my salvation, but it is the answer to the purpose of my life. Why am I here? When I was gambling, I didn't know why I was here. I was making decisions on my own. I thought it made me happy, but I found no happiness eternally in my gambling addiction. I found happiness and joy through Christ. The depression... It went away. And one of the criterias for depression includes feelings of guilt or worthlessness. And that's where I was. I was so guilty for all the things that I had been doing. All the people that I had hurt. All the actions that I was taking that weren't turning out like I wanted them to. You know, I'd spend the money on a poker tournament and expect to win. I'd lose it. I'd have my paycheck in in the hands of somebody else 20 minutes after I got it because I lost a big hand. Worthlessness, feelings of worthlessness. That's what it's like when you wake up and you don't know why you're here. When you look at people who talk about you and they don't say nice things. People call me a loser, even if, even if it wasn't to my face. I heard what people were saying about me. That they would invite me to poker games because, not because I was a, you know, a good friend of theirs, but because I was easy money. Or because they knew that I wouldn't stop until all my money was gone. I didn't have worth. And you hear about this all the time in other in other things. You know, people don't have worth, so they they sell their bodies. Or people don't have value in their lives, so they they go and steal. And they don't know who they are, so they they do things that are criminal. Worthlessness exhibits in our lives in a lot of different ways, but ultimately we have a lot of worth. We have a lot of worth through Christ. Christ loves us so much that He came and died after living a perfect life on the cross. Romans 5, 2 says this, Through him, through Christ, we have also obtained access by faith into this grace in which we stand. And we rejoice in hope of the glory of God. More than that, more than rejoicing in the glory of God, we rejoice in our sufferings. Because suffering produces endurance, endurance produces character, and character produces what? Hope. Hope does not put us to shame. Because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. The answer is all here in the Bible. If you want to get depression out of your life, if you want to see your friend's depression, it's it's not nice to be the person in the room who everybody doesn't want to be around because all they are are negative. It's not nice to be the person who has to live with that in their own heart every single day. The answer in the Bible says that hope comes through rejoicing in our sufferings. 
I didn't like knowing that my troubles caused all this pain in my life. And I definitely didn't like when I realized that the trouble for my gambling addiction was caused by my own decisions and that the sins that I was making were my own sins to be making. The choice I made to sin was the reason that I was in all the trouble I was in. But I thought, but I was doing all these things because I thought they were nice and I wanted to make my life better. Following God's will makes our life better. It may not make it easier, but it makes it better because I'm able to do things for God I would have never done in my own life. And I'm able to do them with a smile on my face, even if they're difficult. Because I rejoice in my sufferings, regardless of what that suffering is. I'm thankful to know Christ and know the future that I have in my life. And when I rejoice in those sufferings, the Bible says I provide myself with endurance. And I have. I have endurance to last and be joyful in hard times. Whereas before in my life with Christ, I would get so depressed on the littlest bad news. You know, if there was a poker game that I was scheduled to go play at and it got canceled, that would like really make me upset, like very upset, like getting news that like someone had died in my family upset. I want to be able to help you endure through hard times in your life. Too much month, not enough money. That big breakup that you had that is just, I mean, just tearing you apart on the inside. The the sickness of the person you're close to. Endurance produces character, and character produces hope. Hope. Hope comes from Christ. Find it through prayer, the Bible says in Romans 12. Jeremiah 29 says that God has given you these plans before you were even born, meaning that you didn't have to do anything to deserve the hope that he's given for you. But it's found through Christ. Our hope is found through Christ. Do you have hope for your life today? Or is your hope deferred? I want to see your new year become the new you. And so does God. God sent his son to die for you. So all it takes is an acceptance of him as your Lord and Savior. All it takes is believing that the Holy Spirit may abound in your life. And guess what happens then? Romans 15, 13. The God of hope will fill you with all the joy and peace by having belief in Jesus. Belief. Faith. Faith in tomorrow. Faith that tomorrow will be better than today. Faith that the eternal hope in heaven is better than where you'll go otherwise. Whatever your reason is for understanding Christ as your Lord and Savior, maybe it's just a realization that everything you've tried to do in life that hasn't worked out like you hoped it would is because you've been doing things your way and not asking God what his way is. It's a lot easier for me to say than it is for you to do. But let me tell you, the hope that I have in my life is so strong. And it came from me opening up my heart and asking Jesus Christ to be my Lord and Savior. I would have never beat my addiction without it. I would never have joy in my everyday life, even in the hard days, without him. I wouldn't have found my wife or had the kids that I got to spend time with this afternoon on snow day. If I didn't find Christ first. So whatever it is you're looking forward to to in your life or whatever you need to find to look forward to in your life because it could be a number of things find it don't let it sit out there aimlessly anymore know what tomorrow brings for your life and maybe tomorrow is just saying i'm gonna start looking forward to this i want to see this take place in my life that's what the bible says faith looks like and it's what the dictionary definition of hope is to cherish something in your life to happen with anticipation what are you anticipating to happen in your life What about this year? 
Write some plans down, folks. If you want to find hope in your life, write something down today that you want to see happen in your future. I don't care what it is. Put your plan to paper. Write with it so that others may see it. And clearly, even though it tarries, wait for it because the Lord is good. Habakkuk 2.2. I want to see your new year become the new you. God has great plans for your life, but it takes hope in the future that he's gifted you. He's given it to you. He wants you to answer the call. I have something for you. I have something for you, he says. Will you accept it? It's the... It's going to be the greatest gift you ever receive in your life. The salvation that comes through knowing Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior and the hope in the future that he's prepared in advance for you to walk out. You were created and designed to do good works through Christ Jesus. You were designed to not be depressed, but to live with hope instilled in your heart. Get rid of the depression in your heart today. Pray and ask God to come into your heart and show you the future that he has for your life. That's it for tonight, guys. Thanks for listening to the show today. Don't forget to follow at New John Simmons on social media. Subscribe to the show podcast on the Apple iTunes store, or also visit newjohnsimmons.com. Until next time, I pray you discover a future and a hope for your life today. Thanks for listening to the new John Simmons Show, part of the Testimony House Network. To replay this episode or listen to past episodes, look for the new John Simmons Show podcast on your mobile device. Stay connected to the show. Read the latest news, blog posts, and see behind-the-scenes photos by following at New John Simmons on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. If you would like to learn more about how you can begin to write God's sentence for your life, or join a growing community of people who are finding passion, vision, and faith for their lives, please visit NewJohnSimmons.com. Until next time, we pray you discover a future and a hope for your life today.